The Birthright, Episode 4 Audio When Character Defeats Destiny Scene 1 Rebecca looks rather pensive this Saturday evening. She sits alone behind a table out in the garden of the Abraham family home, her elbows resting on the table and her fingers locked under her chin. She stares ahead of her, gazing at nothing in particular. Rebecca has been very worried of recent about her son, Esau's chosen way of life. She is bothered about the young man's bleak future on the one part and about the Abraham dynasty on the other part. By the Abraham family tradition, Esau is to take full charge of the family business in the near future. This is an old family tradition to which Isaac is fully committed. But Rebecca is convinced beyond any doubt that Esau is in no way prepared or preparing to take up the mammoth task. Rebecca sighs deeply. She remembers the words of prophecy given about her twins even before they were born. The Lord had said the ways of one of the boys would be pleasing to him and that boy would prevail over his brother. It is obvious that this refers to Jacob. The young man is in love with the Lord and he has chosen ways that are pleasing to God. His only fault is that he could sometimes be too sharp-witted for his own good. Other than that, he is a very upright believer. Isaac knows that Jacob is the child of God's choice, of that Rebekah is very certain. But Isaac does not want to admit it. He would rather not talk about it. Rebecca had brought up the subject some two years ago and her husband had insisted they must keep the family tradition. It remains strange to Rebecca how her very spiritual husband could value the family tradition above a clearly known will of God. The Abraham family estate came to Isaac's father through divine providence. Abraham Terah did not inherit any wealth from his own father and he was a struggling trader for the most part of his early life. But several years ago he had certain encounters with God that brought him into this great wealth. If the God that gave him the wealth now wants Jacob to take charge of it, why should any human tradition stop God? Isaac taps Rebecca on the shoulder. Honey. Rebecca jumps, jerking out of her rumination. Why honey, what were you thinking so deeply about? Isaac asks. You didn't realize I was coming until I reached you. I am sorry, I didn't realize I was so lost in thoughts. Rebecca replies. Isaac sits on a chair across his wife. So, can I offer a penny for your thought? HMM, Rebecca sighs, I am not sure you will like to know what I have been thinking. Why don't you give me a trial? HMM, she sighs again and then shakes her head gently. I have been very worried about the future of this family. Isaac stares at his wife in consternation for a spell before he speaks. I don't understand you, honey. God has been so good to us in this family. He has blessed us with everything a man could possibly desire. I don't understand why you would be worried about our future. Isaac says. It is true that God has been good to us. He has blessed the works of our hands. But I am afraid our tradition is going to destroy everything God has given us. She laments. Now I am completely lost. Isaac is confused. According to the family tradition, Esau must take charge of the entire estate. Rebecca continues. But, we both know Esau is far from being competent or even willing to do it. We also both know that God wants Jacob too. Stop Rebecca please, stop there. Isaac interrupts his wife, raising his voice a little. What is the meaning of this? If I remember, I once told never to discuss this with me again, didn't I? Yes, you did, but. Don't give me a but, please. He interrupts her again. Every family has their traditions. We have our tradition here and nothing you do or say will make me go against it. But darling, we both know the will of God on this issue. If God wants Jacob to take charge, should we go against God's will because of our tradition? Don't put me in a hole, please. As far as I can remember, God has never told me that Esau should be disinherited. Isaac retorts. Have you forgotten the prophecy? Just look at it, 
Jacob is working so hard to help build up the Abraham estate but Esau has no interest in it whatsoever. Don't you see God at work here? Rebecca tries again to make her husband see reason. It is your duty as a mother to help your son take the right decisions and brace up to his responsibilities. But it is very obvious your preference has always been for Jacob. Don't you see that this is very unhealthy? Hugh. Isaac stands and leans a little towards his wife. It is absolutely wrong to loathe your own son so much. If he has offended you in any way, find a place in your heart to forgive him. Rebecca is shocked at her husband's reaction. She cannot remember Isaac ever being so acerbic in his communication with her. His insinuation that she loathes Esau also amazes her. She opens her mouth but could not form any words. She closes her mouth. Isaac makes to leave, but then he turns to Rebecca again. I don't ever want to discuss this subject again, never. Isaac leaves Rebecca and walks towards the house. Rebecca is stunned. Isaac is forever a complete gentleman and he has always treated her with utmost love and respect. She has obviously awoken a demon in him by raising this issue a second time and she feels so terrible about it. Tears roll down the sides of her face. Scene 2. Isaac has two distinguished guests with him in his sitting room. They are executives from one of his banks and they have come to discuss business with him. After a brief discussion, the three men stand and Isaac shakes hands with the two visitors. He then walks them to the door. As the men leave the house, Jacob steps in. He is clad in nice three-piece suits and he holds a file. He bows respectfully in greetings to his father. Good evening, Dad. Isaac pats Jacob on the shoulder. Good evening, son. How are you today? I am very fine, Dad. Jacob replies. I can see you are coming straight from the office. Do you need my attention? Isaac asks. Yes, Dad. Mum asked me to bring certain contract papers you need to sign. All right, let's sit. Isaac leads his son to a sofa and they seat. Then Jacob produces some documents from the file he holds and lays them on a stool before his father. Isaac picks up his pen from another stool and then bends towards the documents. Son, you will have to put my hand where I am to append my signature. Isaac says. Just sign at the bottom of the document, where the word signature is typed. Jacob points his index finger at the spot but, I think you should read the document before you sign. You said your mom sent the documents, that's all I need. I can't read anything here son. I only see an array of dots on the paper. No dad, it can't be that bad, not even with your glasses on? Jacob is surprised. I have not been able to read anything for months now. My ophthalmologists have said the condition is irreversible. Isaac explains. Oh no, no. This cannot be. There has to be a way out. Jacob's voice is laden with emotion. I have done everything humanly possible without result. Obviously, I have to learn to live with the situation. Isaac laments, resignedly. I believe in the God of miracles. We should not just accept this. We have to fight against it prayerfully. If science cannot reverse it, God can. Jacob says. I believe in miracles too, son and I will appreciate your prayers. Let me sign the documents now. Isaac replies. Jacob guides his father's hand to the spot where he is to append his signature on each of the documents. Isaac signs. Jacob notices how his father's hand trembles as he signs the papers. Jacob grieves. Scene 3. Obed is Esau's friend of many years. The two have been friends since they were in high school and somehow they have managed to stick together for more than a decade. This is very likely because they share similar lifestyles. While Esau schooled in the United States Obed took a course in a private university back at home. Now that Esau is back the two have reconnected. 
Esau drives his porch car down the street leading to the notorious X Emblem Club. That clubhouse is renowned for harboring all manners of miscreants. The surprising part is that law enforcement agents don't ever go near that place. Many believe this is because most of the patrons are children of the super-rich and power brokers in the society. Obed sits beside Isaac in the car and shakes his head to the hip-hop music blaring from the car player. Esau drives the car into the compound of the club and stops. He turns off the engine and makes to get out of the car but his friend pulls him back. Esau. Obed calls. Yes? Can I quickly discuss something with you? What is it Obed? We have been together in the car for almost an hour, why have you not talked before now? The girls are waiting. Esau protests. Let the girls wait. This is more important. Obed insists. So, what is it? You know, I've been wondering about you. I don't understand your refusal to work at Abraham Holdings. You've told me many times that you are supposed to take charge of that great company someday. Why won't you just get in now? I think that's the reasonable thing to do. Obed posits. Oh my God! I thought I already explained this to you. No, you didn't explain. You only said something about you needing your freedom. Whatever that means, it makes no sense to me at all. Why don't you use your brain, Obed? Esau says. How could you even suggest that I get locked up in the same office environment with mum every day? That would be suicidal. You know my mum's type, don't you? She is a workaholic and her demands are always too choky for me. But Jacob works in that office, doesn't he? That is Jacob, not me. Jacob is very much like my mum. He is terribly boring. Esau snorts. Moreover he is her favorite son, so whatever he does is perfect. You've been saying that rubbish since we were young. That's a lie you told yourself. You say it to excuse your faults. Obed chides Esau. Hey, preacher boy, what is it with you today? I don't care anyhow. I will join Abraham Holdings when my mom is ready to retire, and then, he snaps his fingers, I will take everything over. You cunning devil. Obed pokes Esau in the head. I know you must have a plan. You are lazy but you are bright. He jokes. Esau laughs. Think of it buddy, Esau continues, I have brought you and those chicks here today to spoil you rotten. Would that be possible if I were locked up in an office with a rope tied around my neck? You are right, guy. Obed agrees. My only fear is that you could lose your place in that estate. That's impossible. The family tradition puts me in charge of everything. My father will never compromise on that. You are so lucky, guy. But, what about Edom photos? You are not giving that business enough attention. Esau laughs again. Wow. Edom photos? Well, that thing is only there to impress my dad and to keep him on my side. Edom photos is already serving its purpose. I don't get you. Come on, Obed, you are prying too much. Esau reproves Obed playfully. See, I have a lot of fun to catch inside there. You can join me when you are ready, okay? Esau steps out of the car and walks towards the club. Obed sits in the car for a little longer. He is genuinely bothered about his friend's attitude towards his inheritance. He sighs and then goes out of the car. Scene 4. Isaac is at the dining table eating from a bowl of fruit salad. That is what he does every morning before eating any meal. He will then wait for 30 minutes after taking the fruit before he eats breakfast. A nutritionist had told him that fruits are best eaten on empty stomach. A steward in white uniform comes in with a large dish of food which she places on the table. Thank you. Isaac says almost inaudibly. You are welcome sir. The steward curtsies respectfully. Isaac continues to eat. Esau soon comes into the room and walks up to his father.
he is followed by Hushai, one of his assistants at the photo studio. Hushai carries a large framed object that is wrapped in paper and decorated with a colorful ribbon. On getting to his father, Esau collects the frame from Hushai. Good morning, Dad. Esau bows before his father. Good morning, my son. Isaac pats Esau on the head. The Lord bless you abundantly. Amen. Esau replies. Hushai moves a bit closer and bows to Isaac. Good morning, sir. Good morning, young man. How are you? Isaac responds. I'm fine, thank you, sir. Dad, this is Hushai, one of my staff at Edom Photos. Esau introduces Hushai to his father with an air of pride. He is obviously here this morning to impress. Okay. Isaac smiles at Hushai. You're a welcome friend. Thank you, sir. Hushai bows again. You can take your leave now. Esau dismisses Hushai. All right, sir. Hushai leaves the room and Esau moves closer to his dad. Dad, I brought you a gift, a very special product of Edom Photos. Esau announces. Really? That's good to hear. Esau unveils the object he carries. It is a large framed photo of Isaac. Isaac's eye sparkles as he sees this massive picture of him in display. He beams excitedly. Oh my god, this is so beautiful. I see you like it. Esau smiles in satisfaction. Oh, I love it son. Your mum will really like this. I hope you will make one for her too. You know, the big size makes all the features so visible to me. It is a special project for the best dad in the world. Ah, I am so proud of you. Isaac stands and hugs Esau. Thank you dad. Isaac sits and takes a closer look at the photo. The joy he feels could not be hidden. This piece of artwork obviously has so much impact on him. I have an idea, Isaac declares, no, two ideas. Okay dad. Esau now takes a seat close to his father. One, I will give you some of my most memorable pictures and you will make them into large frames like this one so that I can still see them clearly. Is that possible? Yeah, dad. It's very possible. Great. I insist on paying for the job, though. This is business. Never dad. You will never pay me for the frames. Yes, this is business, so I will pay. Please don't even talk about it. All right then, I appreciate that. Let's go to the second idea. I will connect you with a large number of my friends and business associates, those that I am sure will be excited to have this kind of frame, those that must oblige me when I ask for their patronage. I tell you, your company can make a fortune from this. Esau did not see this coming. His father is taking the issue too far. He only got this frame made for his father to create an impression with him. Isaac's proposal will mean serious work that will need Esau's full attention. He will very likely need to start meeting his dad's friends and associates. This is way beyond Esau's bargain. He quickly racks his brain for a way out. HMM, that's a good one, Esau says, but, I might not be able to do that for now. Oh, and, why not? Isaac is surprised. I am still trying to put some things in place in the company. I want everything to be perfect before we open it fully to the public. You know our services need to be excellent. We should be ready in a little while. That's okay. Just let me know when you are ready. Certainly dad, certainly. Esau stands. I will take my leave now. All right son. Do have a great day. Thank you sir. Have a great day too. Esau bows and leaves the room. Isaac continues to admire his photo, a smile on his face and glitters in his eyes. Scene 5. Isaac's office is on the top floor of the seven-story administrative building at the headquarters of Abraham Holdings. 
The office is rather massive and fully furnished with state-of-the-art fitments. Isaac's king-size desk is made from the very costly purple heartwood and set somewhere near the center of the room. The office has been rarely in use in recent times, since Isaac has decided to work mainly from home. He would only show up here once in a while and visit the various departments. Rebecca runs the company and she does an excellent job. Jacob is in his father's office in search of some old documents. He has been looking in the drawers of a big silver-coated chest. He has a number of rubber files stacked on a stool and he has one in his hands. He flips through the documents in the file, pausing once in a while to take a closer look at a document that looks like what he finds. His documents are not in this file, so he dumps the file on the stack. Jacob reaches into the chest again and pulls out another rubber file. At the back of this file is typed, hand over documents. Curious, Jacob opens the file and starts to read through the documents it contains. He seems very fascinated. He walks to a chair and sits. He then takes his time to study the documents in the file thoroughly. Scene 6. Rebecca is in her office studying some documents on her desk. She appends her signature on some of the documents. Jacob comes into the office with two files in his hand. He sits on a chair across his mother's table. Did you find the file? Rebecca asks without lifting her face. Yes I did, after so much effort. Jacob drops one of the files on his mother's desk. The file must have been kept away for more than a decade. We need to scan all those old documents and have them on the system. He sneers. You will have to see to that. Rebecca replies. She picks up the file Jacob just brought in and looks at the documents it contains. Are you sure these will suffice? Definitely mom, I only have to attach them to the letter I am doing to the Federal Ministry of Works and Housing and we have enough testimonials to clinch that contract, trust me. Jacob says with confidence. Rebecca smiles and nods. I agree with you and I have faith your judgment. Thank you mom. Jacob collects the documents from his mother and returns them to the file. Mom, I found something else that is very interesting in Dad's office. I found this old file hidden in a chest. It is much older than the other file and it contains very sensitive documents. Really? Jacob hands the other file to his mother. I don't think such documents as this should be kept in the office. He says. Rebecca takes out the documents in the file and goes through them. Oh my God! She exclaims. These are truly sensitive. I see that those are the documents that transfer the control of Abraham Holdings to my dad. That's correct. Rebecca nods in consent. I have an observation here mom. What's that? Jacob clears his throat. HMM, from what I have always known, our family tradition makes the eldest male child the right person to take full control of the family business. That's true. It is an age-long tradition. Rebecca replies. But, how come then that Abraham Holdings was transferred to my dad? Jacob asks. Uncle Ishmael is much older than my dad, why wasn't the company handed down to him instead? That's a very deep hole you are digging into. Please tell me, Mum. Jacob pleads. I am not sure your dad would really approve of me discussing this with you. Come on, Mum. I am no longer a kid. Okay, let me just tell you a little. She offers. Alright. As I believe you know, your uncle Ishmael was born out of wedlock. Yes, I know. Your grandma Sarah and your grandfather established this company together and there was no way she would allow the son of another woman to run the company. So Father Abraham set Uncle Ishmael up in a separate business with a very huge sum of money. In that way everybody was pacified. Rebecca explains. Wow. This is a real eye-opener, you know. Jacob says, a tinge of amusement in his eyes. 
Rebecca notices the light in Jacob's eyes. You seem excited. What is the revelation here? She asks. Look at it mom, this shows that the tradition could be broken. The first male child does not always have to be the one to take charge of the family business. Jacob enthuses. Don't start getting ideas, son. Rebecca warns. Tell me the truth mom, Jacob continues, more seriously, though you really want Esau to take charge of Abraham Holdings. Do you think it is safe for all of us? Will the company be safe in his hands? What about our future and that of our unborn children? Will our future not be in jeopardy? But, it is your brother's destiny. We can't do anything about that. Oh come on mom, don't start that. Jacob stands. Rebecca knows that Jacob is right. She has always been bothered about Esau and the future of Abraham Holdings. Esau has not in any way displayed the required qualities to take over the company. He is disinterested in the establishment to say the least and he doesn't even try to hide that. His carousing lifestyle will most certainly bring discredit to the revered Abraham family name if he were to take the head table. Jacob on the other hand has chosen the right path. He is a very decent young man and very committed to God. He is also dedicated to his family and the family heritage. He possesses all it takes to take charge of the business empire. But Rebecca knows she has to be very cautious in handling this issue. Esau is her son, her first son, and her desire is that he would turn a new leaf and brace up to face his responsibilities. Her husband on the other hand is not helping matters at all. He seems oblivious of all of Esau's vices. He also seems so confident that the young man is fit to take charge at any time. This has placed Rebecca in a very difficult position. She sighs deeply. Jacob, you have to return to your office now. I have a lot of work to do. All right mom, I know you are shying away from this matter. I understand. Jacob says, smiling down at his mother. I am sure we will still talk about this. There's nothing to talk about. Rebecca replies, avoiding Jacob's gaze. No problem then. Jacob starts to leave the office. Rebecca looks really uncomfortable. She calls Jacob. Jacob. Yes mom. He turns. Rebecca closes the file containing the handover documents and stretches it towards Jacob. I think you should keep this. Please keep it very safe. Okay mom. Jacob collects the file and leaves the office. Rebecca rests her forehead in her palms, her elbows on her desk. Deeply worried, she heaves a heavy sigh. This is the end of episode 4. The story continues in episode 5. If you will like to read the rest of this story and other stories, visit livingtales.blog. Don't forget to follow, like and subscribe to the blog. You will get updates when new stories are posted. Living Tales Blog, exciting, life-changing true life stories modernized and dramatized for your reading pleasure. A quick one before you go. Are you prepared for home? Are you conscious of the fact that this world is not really home to any of us, and that the world is only our passage into eternity? If you are, then how prepared are you for the life hereafter? Sin will stop every man from returning to God after their time here and we were all born with a load of sin, Romans 3, verse 23. But God loves you and He made provision for your sins to be forgiven and totally washed away with the precious blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary for the redemption of all men, Ephesians 1, verse 7, Revelations 1, verse 5. Jesus died and rose from the dead. He is alive today and forever. If you will call on Him now your sins will be purged and your name will enter God's book of life, making you a candidate of heaven after death, Revelations 20, verse 12 and verse 15, Romans 10, verse 9 to 10 and verse 13. Please pray the following prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner needing God's mercy. I believe that you died for my sins and your blood was shed for my redemption.
I call on you, Jesus, to forgive me my sins and wash me with your precious blood. I confess you today as my Lord and Savior now and forever. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Congratulations! You just made the most important decision of your life if you prayed the above prayer from your heart. This is what is required in God's Word for your salvation, Romans 10 verse 9-10 and verse 13. Please find a Bible-based church and join to be taught in the way of the Lord.